0: Hello, everybody. Randy here. Before we get into today's episode of the trap draw, I want to quickly thank Herbal Active CBD for sponsoring this episode. Herbal Active uh, CBD is 100% THC free, it's legal in all 50 states. And uh, Tron is with me. Tron, I know you're, you know, how's, how's the sleep, I guess, because that's, that's, the biggest thing I've noticed and, and you've talked about is how much it helps you sleep. Yeah.
1: Uh, I was sick last week, non-COVID, got tested, wasn't COVID, uh, thankfully, but uh, had a couple bad nights of sleep and then uh, got back on my CBD regimen and coincidentally had some, some big dreams the other night. Some lucid dreams. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, well, so so I, the first night was kind of NyQuil induced and then... <laughs> uh, and then the CBD took over the next couple nights. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it just kind of levels me out at night and helps me uh, kind of set the day aside, I would say.
0: So you do the drops. Uh, there is a wide assortment of products. There is balm. There are mints. There's gum. Uh, there's a ton more. Head over to herbalactive.com, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V.com. And be sure to use the promo code TRAPDRAW20. That will get you 20% off your purchase. So that's HerbalActive.com, promo code TRAPDRAW20. We thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. And uh, yeah, now let's get into it.
2: On my waistline is why I kept that strap. Yeah. I remember nights, I didn't remember nights. Night. I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right. right. Now i'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Hey,
3: hey. Now i'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper. Uh-uh. The absolute truth, yeah, no joke. So me, I
0: emerged from the crack. Mr jeezy thank you very much. Tron, this is number three. You know they say, uh, you know, one is one one's standalone. Two's a, I don't know, a pat, a streak maybe. Three Fool me twice. Three three's a pattern. Yeah, I'm not really sure where I'm going to this.
1: Three, shame on all of you. Yeah,
0: um, but our th- our third preview. Um, I know we've been having a lot of fun, and and hopefully people find these entertaining. Um, I, I first should welcome you. How are you? Uh, I'm joined by by Mr. Tron Carter.
1: I'm great, Randy. Uh, I want to ask you how much feedback have you gotten from the timeshare community over the last week?
0: Yeah, people 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 have been reaching out. You know what I've gotten the most feedback on is uh, lawyers to help me if I need to unload the timeshare. Uh, people have been pointing me in the direction. I think Wesley Financial was one um, and and there were a few more. Um, so I'm, I'm not looking to unload just yet, but when I do, if, and when that time comes, I feel like I'm, I'm better prepared. So, awesome. we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, have to get up there. Um, maybe next, next spring. Yeah. We'll, we'll get in the timeshare and we can even live, live pod from there. Live from Spice <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I f- we forgot last week. Should we play the voicemail?
0: We should. Yes. Uh, let's do that right now. So do you want to set the stage? So, tell tell people what what they're about to listen to.
1: Yeah. So, this just, we get voicemails every once in a while. Um, You can call in. I can't remember the number. Um, While Randy's looking that up. So, I'm playing left handed for the next year, um, really for the next 11 and a half months. Haven't really played a whole lot in June. I need to get my ass in gear. Um, But we got a a pretty stern voicemail from, uh, I believe, Joe in Seattle. which we can tell you a little bit more about Joe in Seattle I actually reached out to him. Uh, the number comes across these voicemails get delivered to our inbox, uh, our, our, our email inbox. And, uh, and Joe, uh, I actually texted the number, um, after I got the voicemail and I said, Joe, what's up, man? You know what? Let's talk here. And, uh, (laughs) and it turns out Joe's like an Illuminati figure, um, you know, deep, deep connections in college golf and, and, uh, amateur golf all over the, uh, West coast. So.
0: so the number for folks is 1-833-330-8725, 833-330-TRAJ, T-R-A-J. Um, Joe, left, Joe left an original voicemail, but then he just he, he had to follow up. So we're, we're going to play a couple of them here.
2: Guys, Joe here from uh, Seattle, Washington. Big fan out here on the uh, West Coast. Just listened to the uh, Charles Schwab preview episode of the podcast great stuff as usual uh just wanted to focus in on toward the end uh tron's decision to go left-handed guys uh, this is one of the most disturbing disappointing uh revelations uh that anyone in the noah and the crew has has put out there it makes me sick to my stomach it makes me think you guys are not into the game of golf like i once believed you were um it's, it goes against everything that i believe about the game of golf and that i love about the game of golf it's it's a game that can't be mastered but should always be uh, attempted to be mastered and tron is literally throwing up a big literally. middle finger and saying I'm bigger than the game. It's not challenging enough for me. I've hit a plateau. I've run up against a little bit of a tough spot here. So I'm just going to trash all the work that I've done, (laughs) all the goals that I've set, and I'm just going to take the easy road out because I'm not seeing big enough gains in my golf game. I mean, I love Tron. Sometimes I kind of hate him too, but That's wow! Did he take a dive on my uh, likability scale, Tron? Pull your head out. Go back to right-handed. Dig it out of the dirt, my friend. We all hit plateaus. <laughs> uh, suck it up. Thanks, guys. Love the show.
1: So then that slid in. Said, "God, like what a you know what a thoughtful. Even if I don't agree with everything, what a thoughtful." Thing. And he slid back in a couple minutes later with yeah, with another voicemail.
2: Sorry, guys. Joe here from Seattle again.
1: <laughs> uh, forgot to mention, uh, Big
2: Randy, not on the podcast. Please, Randy. Big Randy, my guy. There is no way you can be on board with this left-handed fiasco. Why is he singling John. me out? Grab him by both shoulders. Shake him. And get him back to us, okay? Because we've lost him—is what it seems like to me. It's <laughs> gone, Randy. I know you're not on board with this. Please comment. How, just help, help your buddy. <laughs> Cheers.
1: So I, I wanted I, to leave that to you cause, because because you, you you weren't on the on the Charles Schwab uh, main pod, right? And you don't like gimmicky stuff. You hate par three courses. You hate uh, you hate you know scrambles. You hate all right. sorts of not anything that's not considered real golf. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts?
0: I think I I think you're gonna play real golf just left-handed. And for that reason, I fully bless it. I think um I I, I can't get inside your mind. I don't know whether, you know, this ceiling that you feel like you've butted up against is like a glass ceiling or, you know, a firm, you know, steel I think it's rebar. caged. Yeah. yeah. Uh that's 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 something that you only know. I think I would be against it if I thought this was a gimmick and if you weren't going to hit cups and try to get better and to, you know, get as really as good as you could be left handed. So I I in all honesty, hundred percent seriousness I fully bless it because, you know, you're obviously you're, you're gonna keep up. You're gonna, you know, count your strokes. It's just you're gonna be left-handed, and if that's a personal like journey for you, then I I think it's really cool. So I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah, taste it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I can't shake him out of it. Um, but yeah, that that's that's uh, that's my unvarnished uh, opinion. Thanks, Randy. I yeah. appreciate that. So yeah. we'll use
1: this space to kind of update people throughout the year.
0: Well, and people probably are curious. what. Um, so the announcement, what, like uh, towards the end of May? Yeah, it was pretty – no, Not, it was
1: like really the beginning of June. So we were 22 days into June. I haven't played okay. in like 10 days or yeah. probably two weeks. Um, we've just been super busy. And, uh, and yeah, I uh, – after my big 105, haven't played since. Haven't touched a, haven't touched a club since. So – uh, playing this Thursday in our Thursday game,
0: and I think I'm going to play as well. So it'll be you're coming out of retirement. Yeah, we're going to we're going to come out of uh, semi retirement. When was the last time you played? The last time I played was the the Sunday. It should have been the Sunday of the players had the players not been canceled. So you haven't played in like over three months. Wow! Except for the Lefty Challenge. So just just because the cups were raised for a while, and then it... that's what it started out as. Yeah, the cups were raised, and then. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think, and it's not just with golf, it's, it's with a lot of sports and a lot of other like things in my life. I I think I almost get too much of them. And then if I can get away from it, it like, you know, it allows me to rekindle uh, the desire. So it was just nice to have a little, we, we don't have off seasons anymore now living in Florida. Uh, You just play year-round. We have a wraparound schedule. (laughs) Exactly. So I think it was like, oh, I haven't had like a few months off from golf, so I'll take advantage of it. And This is kind of the off-season if there is one. Right, just because it's so hot. Um, So, yeah, I'm hoping the batteries are refreshed. I can guarantee people I've been getting in tremendous mental reps, Uh, so I've been staying on top of my mental practice game. Um,
1: At some point, you're going to have to (laughs) reconnect with George Gankis and apologize to him for not putting in any – any physical work?
0: I, I will apologize to him for that, but I won't apologize to him for not taking heed of his advice because I, I do think about a lot of things he told me like every time I play golf uh, you cut your, from that day forward. You
1: cut your handicap in half, basically.
0: He, he like in the most succinct terms, he told me it's all about the effing club face, and mine was wide open, <laughs> and now I think about trying to it, – it's. It, in my mind it feels like super shut, but I know it's probably just like less open <laughs> in actuality. so um, yeah he's you know I, I carry on his spirit if even though I, I haven't gotten the uh, the actual you know range reps that I may have promised <laughs> that evening.
1: Uh, all right well so uh, what's going on this week?
0: We got we got the travelers. We get, we're going up to Hartford. We're going to get the insurance plex. The insurance plex. I think we're going to dive into the city real quick. I, you're smoking some meats, though. I want to kind of make these segments okay. a little bit of a thing before okay. we, and we don't have to spend much time. But you, you it, had like a, well, you can tell the people, but you had like a day long. Uh, yeah, smoke I bought though. a
1: 12, 12 pound pork butt. Uh, did it at 2, like 2.15, two 2.20, and then jacked it up like 2.30 at the end. Um, threw it on at 10 a.m yesterday morning and it went for 21 hours
0: how did how did it turn out have you have you
1: unbelievable yeah um i actually i couldn't get it off i couldn't get it off the grate this morning so i, I woke up at, at like 6 20 a.m i never wake up early woke up to get it off the grill the thing was on all night <laughs> the, the uh, flame boss 400 was rocking all night uh i didn't even know charcoal would last that long and uh and yeah it was so it was so moist and and um, like just pulling apart that I I I had to get like some pliers and pick the grate up and then dump this thing into a uh, like a bin basically, mm. and then I pulled it with two forks and it was absolutely and delicious. You got, you yeah, got pork
0: for days now. I know you brought some over to the kill house. Yeah,
1: and I and I threw a couple of chuck ribs on there last night too.
0: Yeah, so. the the ribs looked delicious. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. So. Well, that good. Was, yeah. Good. So. What, uh, what's going on with you? Any uh, well, I just wanted uh, Refuge Book Club. We got a new selection. Uh, is the Nickel Boys by uh, Colston Whitehead?
1: You know what that one? Um, I've seen that one in the uh, in the bookstore. Excellent cover art.
0: It's um,
1: yeah so not to to bring it to like the most no you uh, you got
0: me off guard because i'm like i don't know I'm, i'm trying to remember it um i haven't ordered my i don't own the copy yet but i'm gonna order it so if anybody's looking for a book club one of my favorite features of the refuge uh community driven this will be our fourth book now um and we'll hold we've been doing like zoom calls so we'll hold a, a a Zoom call sometime in July. I don't know if the date's been set yet, uh, but all all are welcome. Head over to our Refuge message board, check out the uh, the book club thread, and and you can get all caught up. But so that's what I'm looking to dive into that. And I'm also I finished my Pilgrimage to Eternity book, and uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg had like told me the book Straight Man by Richard Russo was like one of his favorite books of all time. It's about this kind of down-on-his-luck uh, college professor in, like, this small liber- – it's a, it's a novel in, like, you know, a fictional liberal arts school in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I have that. So I'm going to try to – I think The Nickel Boys is, is on the short side, um, like a couple hundred that's pages. The one
1: that's so. about the – it's about, like, a uh, – Boys like reform school, yes, or, or exactly. some sort of like juvenile detention yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be trying to. I, I'm not a great simultaneous reader, but um, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm gonna. I got try a question to,
1: for you. Do you do you give up on
0: books ever? I have, but I um, I more give up on them <laughs> before I even start them. Like I've gotten books with an intention to read them, and then never There's no interest. Like never cracked them open. Um, just because
1: you know the subject matter is not going to agree with or you? Just or just like,
0: no, 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 it just like feels dense. Uh, a lot of times it's like history books or biographies where I'm like, oh, it sounds really good, but I just, that kind of, and it's probably perception, it might not even be reality, but it's just like dry and it kind of feels academic. Uh, I, I just put them off and put them off and then I'm like, I'm never going to read that book. I, yeah. I, I might as well. Put in a little free library or something.
1: I struggle with the opposite. Like, I struggle picking up novels. Mm -hmm. And then I I can plow through, you know, history or biography. Um, But my problem is I never, like, I I can't give up on a book.
0: I I feel you there. I, I feel like if I can get, if I make myself start it, and if I can get 40, 50 pages into it, I feel like,
1: it's like I'm in, man. I'm, I'm in. Like I, I might as well, fail, yeah. Man. I
0: might as well. I might as well crawl to Which the. other It probably keeps
1: me from reading more because, yeah. you know, because be, because when I fight through it, I get so worn down by the end of one of them. You know, like yeah, one that I don't. I'm not really feeling through 100 pages. It's like shit. All right, I got to finish this.
0: I know that feeling. It's tough. I and people say it's like the most liberating thing you can do is just put aside a book you're not into. But yeah. I, I, I'm not good at that. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, <laughs> should we? So the travelers.
1: Yeah, the insurance plex. Hartford. The
0: insurance plex up in Hartford.
1: Interesting, interesting place. It's um,
0: of course the capital of Connecticut.
1: It is. It is. A river runs right through it. Uh, yeah, the Connecticut River. Um, I'd never been there before. I moved to Boston a couple of years ago. We drove through Hartford on the way up, and then actually, uh, in my in my professional job pre NLU um, or pre pre full time NLU, I did revenue management for two of my hotels were in Hartford. So actually residents in right downtown that, um, had the biggest rooms I've ever seen for a hotel. Really? It was wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, and there was like, so I, I got to know Hartford pretty intimately without going there all that often. Mm-hmm. Like the, the concert schedule, what the minor league baseball team, like, yeah. you know, all the, the, uh, Trinity college graduation, <laughs> uh, the travelers, um, the Excel Center, anything that was going on in the Excel Center. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a strange place because I think it's it's pretty um, you know it was, it was a it's it, it's got a lot of corporate like there's a ton of ton of consultants there, ton of insurance people. Um, you're pretty close proximity to New York and Boston, and but then you're you're out kind of in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Connecticut. Like Connecticut's pretty vast and it's a lot more rural than. Yeah, I think people imagine it to be.
0: It's it's wider than you would think too. Yeah, I, I think oftentimes in my mind, I I think of Rhode Island and you know these small northeast states, but yeah, Connecticut's got some got got some length to it. I think the only time I've I flew into Bradley, uh, there the airport there in Hartford, but I I drove immediately north up into uh, like. Through Springfield, Massachusetts, and
1: that was that was the infamous strap trip.
0: That no, oh, no, because we okay. flew in. A, no, this was in again. Yeah, right. That was in, in my park. previous life yeah. too, when I had applied to a um, a graduate program at UMass, and uh, I went on a visit, and okay. so I I flew into Bradley and and drove up like into that Amherst uh, area, yeah, and.
1: That's really through great. Uh, Springfield and, yeah, and, through you know, Springfield. Yeah, through Springfield.
0: Springfield's kind of downtrodden. <sighs> yeah, um, tough scene there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the area of Vanhurst. They have the five little colleges right there. Uh, but I've never, I'd say all that, I've never been to Hartford. Uh, I've, I've never been into Hartford proper. I, I was, however, though, we've been doing some research, TC. I was surprised where the Metropolitan – where Hartford ranks on the Metropolitan Statistical Center list of United States. Uh, it's up there. Metropolitan, metropolitan Centers. Yeah, it's up there. I, I never would have guessed. It's, it's 48th. Uh, it ranks just behind New Orleans, Louisville, and Salt Lake City, and just ahead of Buffalo, Birmingham, and Grand Rapids. Um, I would have guessed it would have been down in like the 70s or 80s. There you have it unbelievable um do you know do you know the origins of hartford
1: um i'm assuming it has to do something with the river right
0: it's exactly right yeah um
1: the connecticut river is pretty impressive i don't know about, yeah, i've see never seen it to, it's up by amherst and all that too like it That's goes, the same one that runs straight up? up okay you know okay uh, but yeah i'm assuming it has to do something with that
0: the dutch got there first They're trading. They're trading trading with everybody. Exactly. But then the English came in and kind of locked it down. So this is like early, early mid seventeenth century. Uh the the area though around Hartford, it was outside the Massachusetts Bay Colony, the jurisdiction, so they had to come up with their own name, their own government. Uh and they chose the name Hartford, which is named after the English town of Hertford, and the name quite literally means a Ford crossing the heart or no, excuse me, a heart crossing the Ford, which Ford meaning river, Connecticut river. And I guess heart is like a old English word for like stags. Uh, So like deer, it means deer crossing
1: the Hartford. That's the Hartford. So that's
0: why you have the the logo. Yeah. Yeah. The big buck. Um, so I thought that was, you know, that was kind of, that was kind of cool. I'm
1: reading here that Hartford the the, the population decreased 10% only uh, Flint, Michigan and Gary, Indiana. That was in the 90s, in right? The 90s, yeah. 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 But I think they've had a little resurgence. A little rejuvenation downtown. Uh, they got a big convention center down there too. Uh-huh. Um, and then yeah, like, you know what? Every time I've been to Hartford, uh, I went over for the for the tournament a couple years ago, uh, or a few years ago, um, back the year of shot 58. Yeah. And what year was
0: that? Like 20, I, I can look it up, but what, what was that the only time you've been there?
1: Uh, I, I would go over for, for work meetings. It was only a few hours. It was only a couple hours from Boston. Okay. Um, and, uh, I'll go over there and, you know, go over for the day or, or stay the night. And, uh, I had one hotel up in Avon and then the one downtown and, uh, West Hartford's kind of cool, kind of uh, up and coming, and then um, yeah, you've got just like suburbs galore. It's it's very sprawled out to the north and to and actually down to the southeast as well. Um, but yeah, it's uh the the time I went for the tournament. Um,
0: this was twenty sixteen.
1: Yeah, I was uh you know met. Met some friends, met some, some uh, internet friends there, uh, got pretty turned up, <laughs> ended up um, sleeping in my car. Uh, oh, really? The hotelier couldn't get a hotel because <laughs> uh, I couldn't get a hotel room in one of my hotels because I, I sold them out. I couldn't get a hotel. Uh, and Yeah. So then I, I slept in my car and I ended up missing Furex 58 <laughs> the next morning and then just like just drove home to Boston the next morning.
0: So... Uh, that was a uh, second round. Then I didn't ride the, So he shot his fifty-eight on a Friday, I believe. Or no, final round. I'm it was sorry. Final during round. the yeah, Sunday, yeah. yeah. So
1: Saturday night we went out and got crunk. So, so he shot a fifty-eight and didn't win the tournament. Correct.
0: That's unbelievable. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, and, and uh, actually that was the, the the big insurance summit of 2016. Um,
0: Is that when you met the the Barstool boys? Yeah, I rolled into their
1: I uh, <laughs> <laughs> rolled into their meetup.
0: Uh, that was wild. Well, I think the people are going to want to hear a little bit about that. Listen,
1: well, you know, we were kind of jawing back and forth. They were new to the scene, and
0: some beefing, some beefing
1: on Twitter. Yeah, some beefing on Twitter. I don't want to get too specific, but you know, I rolled in and I said, "Trent Riggs, what's up, guys? I'm, I'm TC." You went into the Lions then. I went into the Lions den. There is some, you know, bar in a shopping center <laughs> south of downtown, <laughs> down towards down towards Cromwell, where the course is, and uh, yeah, I said. Hey, on TC,
0: let's have a beer. And I we
1: ended. Up, I ended up staying there for like four or five hours. And,
0: I think it's the definition of when Elkington talks about uh, Bubba Watson on the pot. Like you, you and the ball, you and the barstool guys are straight.
1: Yeah, we're straight. <laughs> we're straight, <laughs> mate.
0: <laughs> so yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I think going to the course a little bit. The course is very. Um, it's like a. It's not a TPC course. I mean, it is a TPC course, but it's not like they adopted it. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a. Kind of a classic design, which is probably and
0: why it's like a good, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like a, a better course. And then
1: uh, they redid it, and actually, I got a, I got a uh, video from Zach Blair this morning, like saying, like, dude, like it looks better than anything, like any course I've ever seen look before. Like the way that, like nobody's stepped foot on it, looked oh, like, for, yeah. for, you know, for the last four months. So, uh, you know, he said the greens were just absolutely pure. If they can firm up the fairways a little bit, it looks awesome.
0: It's so. a, it's a Bobby. Is it a Bobby weed? Originally, why is
1: that in my I think head? he came Maybe in not. and, um, he came in and like, I think he and Die like came in and did some renovations. You're right. To it.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, looks like a Robert Ross, Maurice Kearney original, and then Pete Die, and then Bobby Weed. So, um, for some reason, I remember that from right in the previews. Stick, I, Bobby <laughs> sticky, sticky ass, sticky, sticky, sticky. So, um, a relatively short course by tour standards. By tour standards. Yeah. It's
1: definitely, I don't think it, you know, you can you can get you can get an advantage by driving it well there, but it's not it's not imperative either. There's and it's great finish it's like pretty gimmicky fun finishing stretch too. Yeah, fourteen through seventeen there. So, um, but yeah, and um, you know your your buddy Bubba Watson's won there a few times. Anyway, we don't we don't need to get into all the golf stuff, right?
0: No, that's I mean I feel like we've we've more than filled our quota. Um, we do have a guest that we're gonna patch in here shortly, but before. We get to him. Um, you have some really important arboretum news, maybe to share on Hartford. Yeah, I searched.
1: Um, you know, they've they've got some nice parks downtown, Bushnell Park, and um, you know, a few others. But they they do not have a botanical garden or mm. or an arboretum. So mm. they're actually in the process of of building one. Right they're now. they're
0: writing that wrong. Yeah,
1: currently, which is cool. Which is cool to see. You know, history being made in the current day. Yeah. So you've got I, some famous. Uh, Hart, Hartfordians, Hartfordites
0: that's what I don't know what's called we should ask we'll, we'll ask our guest um, yeah big gun presence <laughs> didn't didn't realize that uh, Samuel Colt was was the OG uh, gun guy in in Hartford um, of course the inventor of the revolver set up his firearms manufacturing company downtown but then you had guys like uh, Gatling and browning rolling in there Um so yeah, big big gun scene. I found another interesting guy, Albert Pope, who was deep in that, um, the, like the big bicycles, like, like the, the, big the big wheel tires. In the front yeah. And the wheel. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He was he was going nuts on those. And then he started tinkering with automobiles. And they say had he not gotten beat by Henry Ford in Detroit, there was a chance Hartford could have become the the, the motor city, the motor city. Wow. Yeah. Um, and of course, we're heading to Detroit next week. So yeah. Uh, For your favorite of <laughs> A little irony there. Uh, your boy, J.P. Morgan, uh, grew up in Hartford. How cool is that? Uh, Mark Twain uh, spent 17 years there, raised his family, was de- next-door neighbors with Harriet Beecher Stowe, which that's – Really? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good – Pretty good little block you got going there. Yeah. Um, and then another guy who I know we are both very fond of their work, Frederick Olmsted was born in Hartford. The uh, the guy at the heart of the Olmsted, the, the Parks guy. Were both the Olmsted brothers? I, Frederick. I, I, yeah. Was Frederick the dad, maybe? And then Frederick Law was the son or something? Maybe. I, I, I should have, okay. <laughs> I should so have listen, looked that up. Who can say? Uh, yeah. Y-
1: you found this Sugar Ray singer Mark McGrath? Yeah, Warren Hartford, Eric Mangini, your boy,
0: the former Jets coach, of course, my boy. Uh, uh, also,
1: br- former Browns coach, too. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. Uh, Dwight Freeney, a prolific edge rusher, of course, for the Colts for many years, and then Marcus Canby, who I, I, you know, there's a really good doc on Cal Perry uh, that goes into or it spends time uh, Cal Perry's tenure at, at UMass and the whole Marcus Camby recruiting. But I guess that makes sense if he you know, grew up in Hartford, how we would end up at a school like UMass, UMass. is fascinating. Yeah. Like
1: it's, it's, I don't know, they've, cause they've had the dalliance with the Mac as far as football goes. Right. right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think like, uh, kind of inland, New England, mm-hmm. um, you know, we kind of up the Connecticut River Valley where you got, you got Springfield, you got, uh, you know, Amherst up there. You've got, um, you've got Hartford, um, got like Waterbury and then you know you go a little bit more eastward in Massachusetts you got Worcester you've got uh Lowell like it's yeah. like this burned out uh you know kind of mill towns and like mm-hmm. you know just like industrial stuff but it, but they're they're also like trying to make a comeback you know like Manchester New Hampshire all these places it's yeah like, I had no idea about any of this before before I moved up there so yeah just a kind of a really like there's a lot of levels, a lot of layers to that part of the country, I think.
0: And they have such an old history, right? Yeah. Like it's not it's not like places out west who might be in like their first iteration of yeah. or, or like their first downfall. Like this is when when you have, you know, almost 300 years of history, it like you said it, it it creates for layers. Um I do think we'd be remiss if we didn't say this was the travelers is where Ken Duke got his only uh PGA tour yes. win. Yeah, which I think is quite fitting with the the proud English history, and you know, um,
1: yeah, very. I mean, it was you know, uh, I think it was a first first win for Leishman, as well. Really, on PGA Tour. Yeah, did not realize that. Yeah. A lot of guys have had their first win in Hartford. They, Hartford they've also done a very, Travelers done an excellent job at uh, doling out sponsors exemptions. They mm. always give them to like rem- like remember when Cantlay shot sixty. Yeah, that's right. That year, um, they like, I know Brian Harmon played, in it when we were in high school, I remember. Like playing in a high school tournament, and then like Brian Harmon the next week, he was playing freaking Hartford for <laughs> the PGA Tour event, yeah, yeah. Um, and then one question I have for you why is it the insurance plex?
0: Well, so that's a good question. I had no idea, uh, I had to research it, but my somewhat long winded answer, uh, it, it goes back to all the trading, right? It, it uh, the, Dutch? the the Dutch, right? And I guess. The, the, how the Connecticut River kind of came inland from the ocean, uh, it made like the Hartford area a, a really thriving port. And so these merchants were, you know, they'd be worried about the risks of of their ships and the contents and everything. And so um, the, like the first, it started with like informal insurance agreements it began like the late 18th century, like 1794, this one website says, uh, Hartford merchant Jeremiah Wadsworth and some associates started providing fire insurance, and it. I, I guess where they really made their mark, though, um, like people in San Francisco during the Great San Francisco Fire had insurance policies like through with the Hartford companies. Hartford companies, and like they paid them out, and they they just were like. Really good and really reliable on okay. the policies, and I think that's it. Just essentially, the insurance they industry used their best judgment. And they weren't scumbags. Yeah, the insurance industry just built up from that. Like first, those first informal policies and companies. Um, it, it just became huh. the, the place to be.
1: Um, I was always fascinated too. The the at the hotels we had a bunch. There's a big like aerospace presence too. They've got uh, like. Uh, General Dynamics and uh, Pratt and Whitney makes a bunch of yeah. engines there yeah too.
0: Pratt and Whitney's got a big yeah they're so they're, they set up shop um, I know oh here what about uh, what about the Yukon uh, uh sports I sports program I
1: I think Yukon's a disgrace why I'm, why I'm, is I, that? I just, I've never liked them I never liked Jim Calhoun um, I never like Randy Edsel
0: Oh, Randy Etzel was
1: you know like there's no I just never thought there was any way that they were recruiting clean at all right <laughs> like who who's gonna go to stores Connecticut to play basketball
0: yeah what about Gino do you respect the work he's doing yeah I do, I I, do. yeah it's really, yeah <laughs> it's impressive now yeah. yeah. I, I will say Ray Allen was one of my first like favorite college basketball. Ray Allen's players. a class
1: act. It seems like
0: he's. A, it seems like he's a complete class act. Uh, so I, I do want to separate him out from the rest of yeah. the Yukon Huskies. And
1: even like the way it ended with Kevin Ollie a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, that was weird. It was stinky. Yeah, you know? very stinky. V you know? stinky. And then they brought Edsel back after right. Edsel went to Maryland and acted like a scumbag at Maryland. Yeah. And they brought him back and. You know, uh, I just, think I feel like
0: Edsel and Chiano are kind of uh, like
1: they got to be boy, like kindred kind of like Coughlin, Yeah, yeah. You know? um, yeah, you know I feel like it's 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 very uh, like there's no reason for UConn to have a football program, right? Or a D1 football program.
0: Right? I wouldn't think. I mean, you could take UMass. This is the same way. Like, who? What are they? <laughs> like, like what, what's the why? point? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So
1: I don't know. And anyway, that was a neither here nor there. Stores is you know. The State University of Connecticut, so I felt like we had to had to burn on it.
0: Thank you. Um, well, should we dial in our guest? We should. Okay. We should. Well, we, we can ask him some more about about Hartford. Hey, hey everybody! Real quick, Randy here. Uh, you know what time it is? We gotta we gotta pay some bills, and we also need to thank DraftKings for sponsoring today's episode as well. Uh, you can check out their award winning sports book on the DraftKings app. It is safe, secure, and reliable. Uh, deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. And this week, they have a ton of bets uh, or a ton of markets, excuse me, around the Travelers Championship as well as European soccer. TC, are you deep in the European soccer scene? I'm not. I, like, I want to be. Uh, I just I don't have enough bandwidth. <laughs> That's kind of, and I don't have a club team. That's yeah. It's what I struggled for forever in the NBA. But I, I you know, I like basketball, of course, but I, I just don't have that team. To latch on to. I know the the Christian Pulisic, the American, uh, He's, I think he's bucking his head for Chelsea right now. Anyway, uh, DraftKings has uh, lots of markets, current markets for the travelers. So if you want to uh, scratch that itch around golf and as well as European soccer and TC, uh, I know this is big for you. They have futures markets up right now in NBA, NHL, and NFL. Give me a... like what would be a futures bet you would want to look for?
1: Uh I'm looking at NFL right now. I mean, the Chiefs are basically plus six hundred. They're the odds-on favorite. Ravens right behind them at plus six fifty, and then it's it's kind of a two-horse race there. You got Niners and Saints after that. Um, this is,
0: you, this is I'm huge Lamb Lamb house. I know yeah, you are. The Ravens are going to be a problem. The for Ravens many have, years, I
1: feel have, like have had. A, Really, really, really,
0: really, really good offseason. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like their draft was so good,
1: <laughs> and then like getting Calais Campbell. And, I mean, oh boy, yeah, you know, they're they're doing some some crazy stuff up there.
0: So, well, anyway. uh, the the folks can download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code NLU when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can get a sign up bonus up to one thousand dollars. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign up bonus up to one thousand dollars. Just enter the code N-L-U when you sign up, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana TC uh, 1-800, I always forget the number. 9. one 9 with it There you go. Uh, and now on to our conversation with our uh, special guest. Hello. Mr. Bucci Gross, this is Randy from No Lang Up. I'm joined by uh, my associate, Tron Carter. How are you? I'm
3: well. How are you?
0: <laughs> we're we're good. Hey, thank you so much for, for taking the time. I know this is uh, probably off your radar, so we really appreciate it. No, it's fine. It's awesome. Thank you. Um uh, Hey, where, where I wanted to start, congrats to your son. I uh yeah we, cool. yeah, we were following along. I'm sure that was a great experience for him.
3: Yeah, for sure. It was cool to get nervous and have his nuts in his stomach and try to deal with it.
0: And I, I'm guessing you weren't able to follow him just because of the COVID stuff? Um
3: Yeah, I just kind of stuck down. It was, you know, just watched the first tee shot and then went to a friend's house and watched the fifth, sixth hole and then. Went back down again and watched his last hole. <laughs> it, it's the club I belong to. It's so like I kind of, kind of, you know, get in and get out. But, yeah, unfortunately, I only saw four holes. and He was one under on those holes. So, unfortunately, I, I should have watched him more.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, when uh, – does he get his golfing acumen from you? How, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> how, how old was he when he first beat you? Good question. My guess is
2: well, –
3: I mean, but not consistently until probably about seventeen. Okay, um, I was a decent. I mean, I was a one for a while, and now I'm a shitty six. You know, but <laughs> so I was decent. I was a decent player. It took him a little while, and, and he was a late bloomer. So he was, you know, he was eighty pounds from here in high school. So it took a while to get his distance.
1: I've read now, that. Now he's,
3: sorry, now he's long.
1: I've yeah. read that quote from you where you you said you. You used uh, Mizuno MP33 irons which you had to be a stick to use those those are
3: <laughs> yeah. it's interesting I played in a tournament the day before 9/11 I played Sports Illustrated charity tournament near New York and our team won and we won this set of Callaways which I didn't really like but I traded them in at uh near Connecticut here and I got a and I got a set of MP 33s and I just won kind of like a it was like a first flight club championship I didn't qualify for the club championship that year. And so whatever. And they call me, Hey, we need one more person for the first flight championship. It's all right, whatever. And I, like I kind of poured my way through the field and I won easily. And I shot 67 the last day with this old set of titles. And then what do I do? I go and get a new set of clubs. MP33. So it was like, what am I doing? I just shot 67 to win this, <laughs> this little Jeez. club championship. And I go <laughs> and get a new set of clubs. What am I doing?
1: <laughs> Have you ever been the same since?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah yeah i mean for the most part no <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I'm, I'm too much of a perfectionist too much of a tinkerer to uh ever be you know really was, i'm not a good match for the game but i love it i really enjoy it
0: nice i i, I knew you were a golfer i didn't realize you were that good of a golfer that's that's, that's serious super impressive yeah uh
3: um, yeah my, my, my claim to fame is i have a hole in one of one in the par four which i don't like to talk about you know, but
1: I do have one. Where was that? I was uh,
3: uh, again I don't like to, I don't like to talk <laughs> about it. But, but it was Newport Country Club where Tiger won his second of three straight amateurs. I had just chipped I had just chipped in for Eagle on ten, peg it on eleven, knock it in the hole. Jeez. But other than that I don't like to talk about it. <laughs>
0: We promise we yeah. won't ask you any more about it. Um, you better, you better ask me about it.
1: <laughs> what would uh, you do the rest of the round after that? Like
3: you yeah, I want to I, I quit
0: ahead. after that.
3: Yeah, right. Well, okay. okay so then, after I ate my par four, which I don't like to talk about, <laughs> I, play, I played a par five into the wind and, and made a good par. Then the next hole at Newport is a par three. I hit it an inch away, one inch. <laughs> Now, the kicker to the story, and I shot 31-41, by the way, because after you shoot 31, how do you act when you shoot 31? I had no idea. I've never shot 31 before. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Obviously, I didn't handle it well. But so afterwards, and and, and the kicker is every par three that day had a free car, a (laughs) hole-in-one and a par three. I get a hole one and a par four. (laughs) What do they do? They give me a fleece from the pro shop. That's what I get for getting a hole-in-one and a par four at a tournament where all the par threes had free cars for hole-in-ones. I got a fleece.
0: That well as 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 Tron likes to say I, I think you that's, know what we call that. That's
1: the rub of the green.
0: That's truly the rub of the green. Yeah, it's the rub of something else. It ain't the <laughs> rub of the green. Well well let me ask you about this. How did growing up did you ever think you'd live in Connecticut? Um well ESPN went on
3: the air when I was 13 and by the time I was 16 17 I knew I wanted to work there um because Chris Berman was on the air and he was like Haley's Comet he he did sports like no one ever did sports before and I picked this you know I was a decent high school basketball player and and our team went to the Sweet 16 in Ohio which is a big state decent deal and uh the season ended in March we went to Ohio University for our because we made the regionals really cool the place is full and we lose, and I realized, oh, my God, I'm a senior in high school, and I don't know where I'm going to college. I haven't thought about college. It's late March of my senior year. Luckily, the next week, this basketball coach from this school called Heidelberg uh, in northwest Ohio called me and said, hey, you want to come to Heidelberg and play basketball? I said, all right, let me go up there. And I went up there, and they had a little radio station, a little TV station, a little school newspaper. And this guy allegedly wanted me to play basketball. So, said, yeah, I'll go here. You know, The only place I visited, the only place I applied, and – so, and then the, the dream kind of kept building as ESPN got bigger, and I got older. So I was like, "Well, that's I knew where ESPN was. They talked about it a lot. Bristol was kind of almost like a punchline." And um, so, yeah. So at that point, I figured, "Why not?" And uh, plus, my dad's brother, even though I was raised in Pennsylvania and Ohio, but, uh, my dad's brother was uh, living in Connecticut. And so my dad took us two weeks vacation every year, and we would drive to Connecticut, stay the night, and then drive to Boston, where my parents were both born and raised. So. Uh, my vacation was the same every year. Some people go to South Carolina. Some go to the south of France. Some go to South Beach. I went to South Boston every year <laughs> for two weeks in August. Every year, that was my vacation. Goodwill Hunting meets you know the you know Jim Rice and Fred Lidd in the seventies Red Sox.
0: Well, for people who may not be, uh, let's let's narrow in then, because obviously ESPN is in Bristol. Is is Bristol? Do, do the folks who live in Bristol? like are those is that considered distinctly separate from hartford or do those two cities kind of get melded together how what's what's the vibe between hartford and uh bristol
3: yeah i mean it's 20 minutes away it's um you know it's the greater hartford area is really a suburban area every every little town is kind of equal i guess you could say bristol is an old uh Really, an old factory town, industrial town. It's not, you know, not doing as well like a lot of industrial towns across America, whether it's the Rust Belt or New England, Worcester, Bridgeport, whatever. But at one point, it was a really cool, you know, sixty thousand people and great middle class jobs and and uh, really, you know, a, a neat little place. And then obviously, it's been not quite what it used to be. But you know, Hartford really is a the area is a bunch of suburbs, whether it's you know south. Southwest, Bristol, southwest of Hartford. I'm northeast. I'm kind of on the other side of the river where I live in South Windsor and now Ellington. So yeah, whether it's Avon or Farmington where a lot of ESPN people live, Sibsbury. Yeah, they're all kind of Glassonbury, which is a little south. And down to Cromwell where the tournament is, Middletown. They're all kind of equal. So just a lot of suburbs around this one city between New York and Boston.
1: What's the golf scene like?
3: it's pretty good it's a buyer's market i mean you can get in any club for no initiation fee um which is kind of cool there's you know there's good multiple donald ross courses in west hartford wampanoag i was a member there with a lot of espn people from 98 to about 04 a bunch of us joined at the same time in the late 90s um you know a lot of names you'd recognize you know tariko and Ravitch and you know, all the guys i came in with dave alban jason jackson a lot of producers and it was great because we all worked nights, so we'd show up at ten o'clock during the weekday. We'd own the place. It was awesome, and uh, you know the, the recession of the '90s kind of Hartford kind of recovered late, so it was still kind of recessiony in the mid to late '90s. So, it, like I said, it was a good time to get in, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of clubs in the area. You know, Hartford's a Donald Ross course. Waterbury's a nice Donald Ross course. Um, again, I belong to Ellington. Um, Jeffrey Cornish course from the late '50s. So there's some good golf in the area, and like I said, it's not expensive to join. So that's one of the cool parts.
1: I've played Keeney Park a couple times, a little mini there. Um, that yeah, here, a I a cool place there. So cool. did again. I, yeah.
3: yeah, and I haven't been there yet. A guy at work who I know um, has been talented trying to get me there, so I need to get over there. I've never actually played.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Definitely see that.
0: Well, you've you've talked about uh, you know. I, Rumor is you made a hole in one on a part four, but you've talked about your golf game and growing like up as <laughs> growing up as a basketball player. I I, I want to ask you because I think a lot of people associate you with with hockey and and rightfully yeah. so. What, what what you know as brief as you want to be, but did you play? I assume you played hockey as well growing up, and um you know how did that how, how was that your professional focus? How did that come to be?
3: Well, I mean, like I said, my dad's a Boston guy, so that was just I was one of those rare American kids who followed baseball. Basketball, football, and and hockey because, like I said, he was a Boston guy. I was raised in Western Pennsylvania, eleven years, Eastern Ohio, eleven years, always around Pittsburgh. He was a Sears store manager, so he you know he kind of moved every eight years. He's got a tiny store, a little bigger store, a little bigger store, and so I kind of moved every eight years in the Pittsburgh area. So he was a Boston guy, and Bobby Orr and their Bruins were the biggest thing in Boston sports. In the uh, you know they won the Stanley Cup in 1970, another one in 1972. And, um, you know, he was in his 30s, so he was a huge sports fan like we are. And so it was just – and again, like I said, the the Bruins of that day were like the Red Sox of '04 and the Patriots of recently. They are just massively popular. And so I was on my dad's hip. I've often said if my dad was a crack dealer, I would have grown up and dealt crack. <laughs> but thankfully, he didn't deal crack, and he wasn't a crack dealer. He was a big sports fan, and so I was a big sports fan. He would listen to games on the radio. I kind of invented hockey in the radio. Um, because we were in Pennsylvania and Ohio. There was no hockey on TV in the 70s. And so we listened to WBZ radio out of Boston. And back then, you could hear these stations in St. Louis and Boston like they were next door. They're clear as clear as a bell. There were no fax machines. There were no cell phones. There was a lot of stuff in the atmosphere. So you could hear these radio stations from way far, KMOX in St. Louis. I could get in Ohio. That was like and WLW
1: was like, in Cincinnati. It was like that. Same thing. We yeah, yeah right. In KDK KDK and- yeah.
3: KDKA and Pittsburgh, same thing. So these were, although I was always close enough there, I didn't, you know, it didn't really wasn't applicable to me. But yeah, so it was just another sport. And yeah, it's turned out to be a great niche for me when I got to ESPN. You know, you get, you get behind the line in football, there's 100 people, There's 100 men and women who want to broadcast football. And same with baseball back in the day and, uh, you know, basketball, but hockey, there's like, hey, look, there's two people in that line. I'll get in that line. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know the rules, I know the history, I love the game. And, um, so yeah, so it it turned out to be a great niche. I wrote a column for 15 years. I hosted NHL tonight from 98 to 04. That was like the first hockey highlight show in the history of planet earth, you know, five days a week. And, um, and then I've done the last eight national championship games for college hockey. So it's been, it's been a, it's been a great thing. I really enjoy it. And, uh, it's been, uh, it's been awesome. I hope it continues and I hope eventually maybe I get to do some more NHL stuff.
1: Were you Boston, uh, sports all the way through or mainly just the hockey?
3: I was kind of half and half because, you know, my dad, there, there, there were, my, when my dad was a kid, even when he was a young man, there were no Patriots yet. They didn't come until the early 60s. And by then he was in Western Pennsylvania as a young man. And so he got Pittsburgh Steelers season tickets for like 20 bucks a year at Pitt Stadium. And then they became great. And then he has, he's on the 50-yard line. So I was like, when I was a kid, I was a Pirate fan, a Steeler fan, a Celtic fan, a Bruin fan. And then when I was about fourteen, fifteen, after Willie Stargell and the We Are Family team won the World Series when I was 13, he retired. And I knew my, my radar was up on to Boston in the Northeast. My dad, I always lived like in these economically depressed areas, whether it was the, uh, Western Pennsylvania as the mining business went out of really business. And then when I moved to Ohio, the steel industry was starting to go down, even though the people there didn't realize it. And so my dad always got these crappy stores, but he always did well because he was, really good at what he did and then he moved to youngstown another one another area where the steel mill companies were going down so i always had my uh, my antenna on boston because you know everything i read the newspaper the economy was good and things were doing well there and and all my relatives were there and every every relative my parents were the only siblings who left every so my antenna was kind of always up there and uh so i so that's when i made the switch kind of the red sox when i was 14 and 15 um and then as i got into covering hockey and got to espn i kind of lost my fandom for a lot of things. I, I just feel like it's my obligation not to be a fan. I don't mind when some of my coworkers, uh, you know, expressively show their fan, fandom of their teams and when they talk about, it, I don't mind. I'm not offended by it. I'm not like, you know, I, I don't, I don't care. I, I just, I, I just was always uncomfortable that way. So I'm really kind of down to the Steelers. Like the Steelers are the one team where I may get, you know, uh, angry and scream while I watch a game. The other ones I'm pretty chill when I
1: watch. We'll, well uh Randy's from Cincinnati. Yeah, he's a he's God, a big I hate to guy. Hear that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, so This is going so well too. Can um, I, uh <laughs> so Well I, my
3: oldest son my oldest son lives in Cincinnati. He's an assistant golf pro actually at a at a club in uh, Cincinnati Los Santaville country club.
1: Oh a, sure. Pro there. Yeah there. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a
3: nineteen ninety two. That's all if you if you have if you have kids who played hockey, you refer to your kids by what year they were born. He's in 1992. Mallory's in 1994. and Jack's in 1999. So it's kind of a hockey parent thing. You, you kind of describe your kid, not if he's good at school or whether he's a uh, he's not a jerk. Yeah, What year was he born? Oh, he's in 92. <laughs> so Brett's in 92, and he, yeah, he worked in Cincinnati. So, yeah, but the Reds and, and the Pirates had great baseball rivalries in the 70s.
1: Yeah. So... Uh, I- like I grew up in in Atlanta so we we yep. had a brief dalliance with the Thrashers um which I think actually yeah. Ho- yeah. hockey may have been better before the Thrashers when the <laughs> Knights because they were they were playing well in minor league but um you know kind of got into hockey after uh after the whalers had really um gone by the wayside what like what what happened there and what was the for for kind of a, a hockey neophyte just explain that whole thing and, and kind of that, that must have been happening kind of right right as you kind of really took roots in, in Hartford, right? Exactly.
3: I got hired October 28th of 1996 at ESPN, and that was the start of the last year of the Whalers in Hartford. So their last year in Hartford was 96, 97. Peter Carmanos you know, was uh, the newest owner, and he was trying to get a deal. And I think the governor at the time, John Rowland, was trying to make it happen, but I think really – you know, being between New York and Boston, it's a tough market. It's tough to get the TV rights. So you really—I mean, if you got a hockey team in Hartford, you really have to own the state. You can't have Bruins games on your cable and Rangers games on your cable. Uh, but those are powerful owners at the time, and they weren't going to give that up. And so, it, it's a tough spot. I don't know how much Gary Bettman kind of wanted the team not to be there anymore, and kind of he wanted—you know—he had this plan of, of widening the map of hockey, which makes sense. You know, get to Nashville, get to Columbus, Ohio, get to Tampa, get to Fort Lauderdale Sunrise, uh, get to Raleigh, North Carolina, certainly was a, an area that was growing. Um, so that was, you know, it, it was just a, it's a tough spot for Hartford to be in between New York and Boston.
1: Did that create some scar tissue, you think, for Hartford? Like, is, is that is that still something that oh, yeah. people really, you know, dig in on? And, and, and... For
3: sure. You know, yeah, because that was a big deal in the 80s, you know, especially people my age, guys in their... Early fifties, because at that point, you know, they're they're in their twenties. They got their they get their job, their first job, where they're making some money. And then guys in their thirties, and then the guys in the late thirties who are making really good money or have their own businesses. They're getting suites, and it's just the whole part of the social deal is you know for forty times, forty-one times a year, you go downtown, get a dinner, go to a game, and it's just you know
1: clients,
3: and just you know maybe go to ten games a year if you maybe split season tickets. So yeah, it was a pretty big vacuum when they left and at the city of I, I remember when I showed up here and I went downtown once with my young family and it was like wow this city is not doing well <laughs> it, was, nice. it was like a it was like a Sunday afternoon it was like ghost town I'm used to Boston and like I said uh, after college I went up there and just I'm used to that kind of city and just it was stark when you went to Hartford it was just kind of sad really it's doing much better now and and uh, it's a little better vibe down there, but yeah, there was a huge vacuum when the whalers left, and then there was a, obviously for a while there when uh, Robert Kraft was flirting um, and did a good job convincing almost everybody he was actually thinking about coming to Hartford, which he probably really never was. Um, it was all leverage, but you know, for a while there, they made the yeah, here come the Patriots coming to downtown Hartford, and and uh, so that was you know, so that was really you're you almost taking advantage of a jilted lover. You know, you have the you have the whalers who break up with Hartford. And then here come the Patriots, which is like, you know, it was like a, a rocket show coming to town, you know, with the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then you really think you have a chance and then you just get totally ghosted. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that, that wasn't that wasn't a, that wasn't a great time in Connecticut. But it's uh, like I said, I, it's a cool place to uh, you know I like the place, a cool place to live, raising my kids. They're all grown now. And I've, I've always said, if you have a family, you got young kids. It doesn't matter where you live. It really, it really, it matters zero when you got young kids. Your life is around them and take them to practice, dance recitals, school. It doesn't matter where you live. Now, once they leave, it matters. And once they grow old, it matters. But once you got kids, it, it doesn't matter. And it's it, you know, like I said, I'm close. I'm two hours from New York. I'm an hour and a half from Boston. Two hours from Cape Cod. I'm five hours from Montreal. I'm, I'm a, you know two hours from. Vermont and New Hampshire, so it's it's a it's a cool place where you're close to a lot of stuff.
0: Are there any intra Connecticut rivalries like between cities or do, do parts of the state like uh, not get along with each other?
3: Yeah, I don't sense that. You know, <laughs> not grown up with grown up in Ohio and Pennsylvania, you do get some of those big time rivalries and uh, but yeah, not for the most part. There might you only kinda unfortunately maybe Sadly, the only kind of robberies might be like based on economics, like, you know, a, a town that does well and a town that doesn't do well. And, they, mm-hmm. and the town that does well isn't afraid to tell the town that doesn't do well that they're not doing well. It's, it's kind of cruel <laughs> in terms of the chance at high school. So um, but overall, no, you know, I, I kind of miss, you know, again, I grew up in, in Ohio where, you know, we had 10,000 people in our high school football game and it was just a huge deal in Steubenville, Ohio. You know, I come here, It just you, you don't feel football in the air. That's the one thing I miss about Ohio, um, is you don't feel football in the air here in Connecticut in the fall. Just, you know, that, that's a distinct flavor out in Ohio, and that's one thing I do miss here.
1: We were just talking before you got on about UConn football and kind of trying to make that happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like an uphill yeah, battle. I,
3: mean, they, I, I, I don't think they should do that. I, I think they should just get rid of it. They should focus on hockey and, and uh, of course, they got great basketball and, and uh, uh, it, it's just never, it's just not a football area. It's just yeah. It's not, it doesn't, you know, there's certain little pockets down in Sonia and places like that. And there, There's some decent high school football and, and, uh, but yeah, I just don't think it'll ever work at
1: UConn. My brother and one of our colleagues actually played it, played football at Columbia and they would play central Connecticut state uh, every, every year. I think one of their first, first couple games. And I remember they would, they would come up and just, they would, they would dread going up there. Cause those guys were so physical and it was such a, like they were a rough program. <laughs> yeah, there were there's
3: pockets of roughness for sure, and there's and, there's, and we see I saw, like I said my boys play hockey, and there's no doubt there's some towns who are muck it up and will, are nasty, and there's other towns that are easy to play. So yeah, that and that and that uh, that definitely is still the case. But I, I feel it's much more of a hockey state than I do a football state. It's a good baseball state actually too. Um, you know, Chris Drury back in the day, little league world series, and, and they have a good, they have a good AAU program here and, and little league and all stars are pretty serious. And so, yeah, it's really good baseball, uh, baseball hockey state. And then, like I said, the golf is pretty good. There's some, um, um, you know, especially you especially go down to Southwest part of the state, obviously the, the, the travelers and TPC, I think it's one of the best TPC courses I've played. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. The back nine is really interesting. And uh, so yeah, so it's it, it's a good little golf state.
1: Do you go out to the tournament every year when you're in town?
3: Yeah, you know, back in the day, it's kind of funny. Chris Bourbon, like, one of my first few years, the you know, word got out that I kind of played golf a little bit, and he's like, and so by the second year there, it's like, hey, hey, Bucci, come here. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, so I told him, hey, we got a, we got this thing at the at the uh, at the can by by you know by then it was a Greater Hartford still <laughs> and open still, you know what I'm saying? Well, not Sammy Davis. You know, at at that time, Sammy was no longer you know part of the tournament, and I mean that. But it was it was like the cannon thing. So, a hey, bunchy. We had this long drive contest. It's uh ESPN against the three local affiliates. Uh, I really want to win this. I hear you can hit a little bit. Can you make it next? You know, next Monday at noon. Said, yeah, Mister Berman, I'll be there.
2: <laughs> no matter what
3: it took, I'm not going to say no to Chris Berman. So, uh, so, yeah, so we go out there, and I just, well, I got lucky, and I just really hit one really good. And, like, I'm in the, I'm in, like, the, I'm on the back page of the local newspaper, and, you know, and I hit a like 310, although it was, like, really downhill. I don't think it was really a 310. It was, like, with a 975 Titleist D, like, the first generation oh, yeah. Titleist Titanium drivers. I had the D, the J, and the Kennedy before I went to TaylorMade. Now I'm back on the Titleist string. But, um, but, yeah, so that was always fun being part of that. And I got to play in a few pro-ams. I got to play with uh, Jerry Kelly and Brad Faxon and J.J. Henry and obviously some of the celebrities, Bodie Miller and, and uh, the Yukon football coach that we disparaged earlier, um, <laughs> Casey, Casey Jones. Actually, one year I played with Berman and Doug Flutie. That was awesome, too. And my son caddy for me. So, yeah, so I've had some, some fun uh, moments, whether it's that long drive contest or playing in the pro-am. And then as my sons played golf, uh, growing up, especially Jack, as he played a little more seriously, um, you know, I always try to, you know, get them there and introduce them and get them out there and get a feel for it and kind of stoke their fires of dreaming about, you know, of, of playing golf. So it's, so, yeah, it's been a nice little thing. It's a big, it's the biggest thing around here sports-wise for sure. It's a great tournament. It's awesome how it's become elevated, especially in the last yeah. couple. It's always been a good tournament. Arnold Palmer's won in history, in, in its history when, when it was at uh, Wethersfield. And, um, and so, yeah. So, and and now the field's become really good. So, it, it it's a big, it's a great sports area, a great sports town, and it's awesome that it, uh, that they have the travelers.
0: All right, I got a question for you. Connecticut sports, what's the better program? UConn women's basketball or Trinity College men's squash? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, it, it it could be a push, <laughs> as a, as a, as a, as the a Swami might say. Yeah, they're both. Uh, I guess they're both a uh, you know perennial. Incredibly loaded. So uh, so yeah. So, um, I'm not a squash expert, but uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I can't believe it. George, I
0: can't believe it. Yeah.
3: And as uh, George Carlin used to say, it sounds like someone's
0: done at my dinner.
3: Uh, <laughs> want squash? But uh, yeah,
0: but they're both good.
3: Props. Props to the squash kids out there.
0: And I have another, this, this one, I think will be more in your wheelhouse. Uh, Tron and I both graduated from Miami university of Ohio and, um, obviously the, the heartbreak for their hockey team in, uh, 2009. Yeah. is, Is there hope on the horizon? I know, you know, I know you're somewhat connected probably to all college programs, but, but Miami specifically, do we have anything to look forward to?
3: Yeah, my oldest graduated from there, Brett, the, the 92. He graduated from Miami and met his uh, fiance there. They're getting married
0: next August. Miami Sydney merger. Crosby, Miami merger. Yeah, good for them.
3: Miami merger. Yeah, he, in fact, he, engaged, he uh,
0: proposed to run under that little Miami the thing. Up the Upper March? Uh, yeah. 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 Come on, yeah, the little yeah. Miami thing. Yeah, the Upper <laughs> March. Come on. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm more Miami floor than Miami of Ohio.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> But yeah, so but yeah, Chris Bergeron, the, new, uh, the the alum who was at Bowling Green, kind of brought that back to the dead. You know, they're about to cancel that program, and they kept it alive, mm-hmm. and they make the tournament, and yeah. then uh, the job opens up down in Miami, and Chris goes down there. So I I think he's got a, You know, great facilities, great university. So it, it could be one of those up and down things, but they they got the right guy. So I do think they'll they will be back.
1: And okay. the, like as far as the 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 whole realignment with college hockey. Cause we were, when we were there, it was the CCHA and we, you know, we're yep. playing state and Alaska Fairbanks would fly in every other year.
0: But the big 10 schools is what, well, I mean the now big 10 yeah. schools. Yeah. And then the big 10 in. schools right. kind of,
1: you know, and, and so Ohio state would come in and we, we clobber Ohio state and that was always fun. Yeah. You know, but, but what's your read on, on, has that been a success or has it really fragmented some of the yeah. traditional yeah. allegiances? Yeah.
3: Yeah, a lot of the hardcore college hockey fans hate the Big Ten. But my argument is that, you know, obviously the reason why the Big Ten started because of the Big Ten Network it was for television. Um, and, but, and, and my argument is that once the Big Ten started showing all these high-definition games, it's funny to even use that term, high-definition TV, because most of the kids, that's all they've known. But, <laughs> I mean, there was a time you couldn't find a high-definition college hockey game on TV. And it was, and then the Big Ten came along, and they started showing games and double headers, and with these obviously great brand names, and that forced other areas and conferences to kind of do the same. So I thought that. Now, yeah, some of the classic rivalries and stuff like that. But hey, man, the world's about change. If it, there's it, one thing you need to know about life, it's about change. Things are always going to change, and and um, and obviously, should Miami maybe stay in the WCHA and kind of been. Uh, or you know, but they were thinking big. They they had some great years, so they went, you know, they went to the big conference with Denver and North Dakota. You know, maybe they should have stayed in the cozy one, perhaps it's easier for travel. You, you can bust the games and you know, the, the conference they're in now. Um, the NCHC, they got to fly everywhere, and yeah. so that costs more money. And it, it plus tougher opponents, and they haven't done it so. You know, it's, it's we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But maybe a, a more regional conference where they can stay uh, in Ohio and in Michigan and kind of bus around might be make more sense. We'll see. But, um, but yeah, I'm, you know, things are always going to change and, and, uh, you got to kind of go with it.
0: Well, perfect. We, uh, we'll, we'll, let you go here on a Monday night. Uh, John, I thank you so much for your time and, and your insights what are we starting and- the podcast. Uh, we're <laughs> when are we when are we pressing record? We're, we're rec- yeah. Uh, I, I no, I hate to tell you this. I, I was not recording. So if we could do it all over again, that'd be that'd be great. Go three, two, yeah.
3: one. Can I? Like, can we talk about my par? Hole one in the par four. But I also have one in the par three, but I do have one in the par four. And I used to I used to be able to dunk his ball. There's got to be a short list of guys who could dunk a basketball and got a hole one in the par four. And just one quick story. Whenever I, the last few years we would interview some winners on the PGA tour. You know Spieth and Johnson and Fowler and Webb Simpson. They win these big tournaments, and so I, I would you know talk to them, and I would always at, you know ask them three or four questions. And the, and the last question I always asked them was, "Hey, have you ever got a hole in one on the par four? And you know Dustin Johnson would be like, "No, <laughs> well, thanks, Dustin. You know thank you, Dustin. Thanks for joining us." And in the interview again, no big deal. Webb, same thing. No, I never have. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, Webb. Congratulations on win the players and Ricky Fowler, like I said, on and on. I would ask these guys the last question. And then, that, but one time, and then, oh, we had Jordan Speeth who had just won. I think when he had won the like, company a couple years know. ago. And I said, so Jordan, now one more question before you go. Have you ever got a whole one in the part four? And this shows you how smart and aware and mindful Speeth is. He goes, no. Why have you? Like he's the <laughs> only guy who realized there was a reason I was asking that question. And that was to toot my own horn. And he said, why have you? And I said, yeah, but I don't like to talk about it. So. <laughs> That shows you Jordan Spieth is a future, you know, uh, golf broadcaster, eighteenth tower, the whole thing. And so I was really I really got a lot of respect for Jordan because he knew why I asked that <laughs> yeah. in the other golf and the other golf dummies had no idea.
1: I guess last question, totally last question. Who who is I mean totally it, it, it <laughs> sounds like you are it sounds like you're the king of the hill as far as golf talent at ESPN from a from a Player perspective. What? Like, who else? <laughs> who else is is rivaling you in that regard? Who else is a stick at ESPN?
3: It's a thin field right now. Uh, John Anderson's a pretty good player. Um, you know, he can get it going sometimes. And um, uh, yeah, there's just it, it's a thin field. Carl Ravitch back in the day. Was a good player. Um,
1: How's yeah, Van Pelt's game?
3: Okay. You yeah, know, he, he's yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I've never actually, I haven't really played a lot with Scott. He loves golf. I don't know how much he can play because he got young kid now, so it's really tough. And he's heading down to DC, mm-hmm. so um, hopefully I can get out with him more. But he loves, you know, he loves talking about the game. But you know, he's seven feet nine. It's, he's got <laughs> arms and legs everywhere. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to kind of put that, put that thing together. So, are you guys going to be in uh, Connecticut this week?
0: We're not. No, unfortunately, yeah. uh, they're they're still pretty restrictive on the media. Credentials, so uh, we we fell oh, outside so of, the cut. of my
3: place. I would have made you some chicken parm. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: Uh, they don't look kindly upon podcasters. You <laughs>
0: yeah. Know? Um, no, but do you ever get down to Jacksonville? We're we're located in Jacksonville, so if you're ever in, uh, oh, you are. Why? Well, I, I yeah. got I got
3: a little I got a little shack in Naples. I get down through in the winter time. That's a long way from Jacksonville, but you know maybe we can get together sometime down
1: my there. My wife's from Naples. That. Where do you where do you play when you're down there?
3: Wherever I want. I'm TV's John Butcher <laughs>
1: That means Calusa, then. Like Calusa, enables <laughs> National, and the Hideaway, right?
3: And Old Collier. Those are the big three <laughs> yeah. down there. Yeah. <laughs> a little hole in the wall once in a while. I it's a good. I like a little hole in the wall. on the a fun little course as well. But uh, yeah, it's a uh,
1: it, it's uh, it's it's the
3: best place in America from November to April. So yeah, uh, weather wise, so yeah,
0: it's it's pure. Yeah.
1: Well, good stuff. Well, well, thanks, John. Appreciate you joining us. Man.
0: Yeah this was this was tremendous. Thank you so much. Oh, you guys are doing a great job. I uh, I love the pod and uh, keep it keep it going keep pushing. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That means a lot. Thanks. Peace. Peace out. you All
1: Cheers. right. <laughs> See ya.
0: God, what a mess. All right. Yeah. There we go. I had no idea it was that good at golf. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, he yeah, can, zero clue. <laughs> yeah, he can move it a little bit.
1: Yeah. Sixty-seven. Uh, what a place to get get a uh, to shoot thirty-one.
0: I know. Newport. Um, that's Have you wild. been out there? I haven't. Never been in Newport. But, yeah, they yeah. they were gonna do. Um, one of the USGA events, I know, is going to be there soon. US, Maybe a U.S. Uh, senior, senior yeah. open. Um,
1: Actually, this year. Yeah, it was supposed to be the U.S. senior. That's, right, that's um, right. But, yeah, really listening to him talk about all the places you can drive and within four or five hours from Hartford, Boston, got me all,
0: got me all, uh, you know. Uh, Reminiscent. Missing of, that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Got me all nostalgic. Like, being four or five hours from Montreal is Mm. One of the nicest things you can possibly imagine—food mm-hmm. and just culture. I told you that's where
0: I—that was like on my bucket list to get up there this year, yeah. and I think with the pandemic, probably going to have to put that on hold. Um well, All right, did we anything else, TC? I feel like we—I
1: think we covered pretty much everything. The only—the only thing I wanted, to, you know, uh, uh famous alum of Trinity College in Hartford. You know to, who I'm talking I about? I have no idea. Big J Monahan. No way. Yeah. Played on the golf team there. So how about that? There,
0: there you have. Well, it. I can't believe we didn't get Jay to talk about our friend. <laughs> no, we, we should have. Yeah.
1: he's a Boston guy. <laughs> that maybe we can bring him in, in <laughs> we, for the uh, uh, for the uh,
0: the, uh, for the, uh, the Northern, or Deutsche yeah. What's it called Bank now? Or the Northern, Northern Trust, whatever, whatever it, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, perfect. That's that's good to know. Uh, I had no idea.
1: Yeah, there you have it. So, uh, pick to win this week. I want, I want to oh, hear
0: that from you. Um, Gosh, I have zero idea. You know, I'll go with. Uh, he said he was close. He found a little form at Harbortown. I'll go with Kepka.
1: Okay, I like that. Um, God, you know, I picked. So on the DraftKings thing, I picked um, pick ZB and Harry Higgs to play well. Uh, I think JT might. might That's another do yeah. some work this week. Yeah. I think he's 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 been knocking. He's been sniffing around a little bit. Uh, can't get everything to mesh at the same time. I think he... I mean,
0: a quiet, what, top eight last week? Yeah, I think he's
1: like 12 to one right now, too. He's a clear favorite.
0: Has he played this? Is this on his normal I calendar? I say he's played it before. I don't think it's okay. on his
1: normal slate though, the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. Well, we're not going out on too much of a limb with JT and, and Brooks, but it feels like that kind of tournament where yeah. with the firepower, like Bryce, Bryson could, get Get know. this.
1: Chez, defending champ. Guess what his odds are?
0: uh 70 to one 200 to one holy smokes yeah it's disrespectful that is disrespectful
1: so anyway all right that's enough golf yeah god (laughs) i
0: just snapped out of it real quick Um, all right good good stuff tc uh i hope the folks maybe learned a little something about hartford yeah and uh we'll see them next week for of course one of my favorite events on tour uh, the quick and loans yeah, <laughs> rocket, rocket mortgage, mortgage. and from, then we've got detroit
1: uh, and we got well we got 2 weeks in a row in
0: In sebus
1: columbus after that and then yeah. i think we go to uh do we go to minnesota
0: I think we go to Minnesota. Yeah, I know we're, we're kind of in that Midwest swing right now yeah. or after after this week. So, so
1: I know we're we're trying to get creative I'm for I'm looking Detroit. forward to CBUS. I'm and looking you, forward
0: to talking CBUS. You got
1: some stuff up your sleeve for CBUS. I'm ho- yeah, I, I hope. We'll I got, have to have Solly on for CBUS as
0: well. Uh, he'd be a good guest you know, too. So. Yeah, I, I got some irons in the fire. Yeah. All right, uh, cool. Good stuff. <laughs> no good way to end it. See ya. <laughs>